just an hour north of Seattle, is a destination that will make you think you're miles from anywhere. Welcome to RV Out West. I'm your host, Brooks. My family of four's base camp is located in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and our RV adventures radiate out from there. Please grab a mug of coffee and join us as we discuss RVing around the American West. From sweet camping spots, gear and equipment, to tips and tricks, we've got you covered. We are RV Out West. We RVers like to slow down and enjoy the scenery. Sometimes life makes it difficult to put together those big trips. But Whidbey Island is only an hour from Seattle and one and a half hours south of the Canadian border. This island is always featured as a top destination in many travel guides and for good reason. There is a lot to explore on this 45-mile Long Island, and it includes three state parks for camping. Whidbey Island is located in the Puget Sound, and it is the fourth longest island in the continental 48 states. The island has been home to the coastal Salish people for thousands of years before European settlers arrived in the 1800s. In 1792, Captain George Vancouver of the British Royal Navy explored the area and named the island after his friend, Rear Admiral Joseph Whidbey. The first European settlers arrived in the 1850s and the island quickly became a center for logging and farming. During World War II, the island was home to Naval Air Station Whidbey Island, which played a crucial role in the Pacific Theater and is a current naval air base in Oak Harbor. In the 1960s and 1970s, Whidbey Island became a hub for the counterculture movement, with many hippies and back-to-the-landers settling more traditionally on the South End. Today, Whidbey Island is known for its natural beauty, quaint small towns, and thriving arts communities. It is a popular destination for travelers, with great restaurants, breweries, distilleries, vineyards, hiking trails, lakes, and so much more. For this destination episode, I'm going to break the island down into three main geographic locations, North Island, Mid Island, and South Island. North Island. The northern end of the island connects via a bridge to the mainland. The Deception Pass Bridge is an iconic bridge, and if you're not familiar with it, any Google search will yield many beautiful images. Between Deception Pass Bridge and the town of Oak Harbor lies Deception Pass State Park. This is one of our state's most visited state parks and sought-after campgrounds. It is an amazing campground with lots of access to the shores and the lakes. If you are an angler, just outside of the state park is Pass Lake, which is a great place to fly fish. Plus, there are no motorized boats allowed on that lake, adding to the tranquility of the experience. According to the state park's website, Deceptions Pass State Park spreads over 3,854 acres, a marine and camping park with 77,000 feet of saltwater shoreline and 33,900 feet of freshwater shoreline on three lakes. The park is actually located on two islands, Fidalgo to the north and Whidbey to the south. The Canoe Pass and Deception Pass bridges connect the two islands, creating a gateway for exploration. This park fills up fast and you will want to plan your visit accordingly, especially if you're looking to camp in the summer. The shoulder seasons are a bit easier to get a reservation for, and I find that these shoulder seasons to be one of my favorite times to visit the park. 
The town of Oak Harbor, easily the largest town on the island, this town has everything you would need from a larger town. I'm a beer geek, so I often search out breweries. Wicked Towton Brewing Company is a great little nano brewery and homebrew supply. Flyers Restaurant and Brewery is more of a restaurant and a brewery where they do their own, very family friendly, so you can go and you know get a burger and a pint. If you are looking to stock up your RV, there is a Walmart in the town of Oak Harbor, so you can easily pick up supplies and food, and their parking lots are always very large and very RV friendly. As you travel south out of Oak Harbor, the road is a two-lane highway that during the summer can be heavy with island visitor traffic, so just keep that in mind and have some patience. In my mind, the town of Coopville is the marker for the central island. This quaint little town is fun to walk around, look at the shops, and to find a meal. Depending on what you are in the mood for, Toby's Tavern, which is 21 plus. So if you're kidless, then this place has one of the best baskets of fish and chips in the state. In fact, there are three places in this state that I use as my barometer for measuring what good fish and chips is. And Toby's is in my top three. The other two are Spud's Fish and Chips in West Seattle down on Alki. And the other is the Green Lantern Tavern on the Olympic Peninsula at Copalis Crossing. If you're in search of pizza, then Chow's, which is on the main road from the highway into town, is a great stop. Their pizza is amazing, and after living out on the East Coast, we struggle to find good pizza around here. Chow's is worthy of a stop. There are two great state park campgrounds in the Central Island area, Fort Eby and Fort Casey. Let's start with Fort Eby State Park. According to the state park's website, they say Fort Eby was constructed as a coastal defense fort during the Second World War. Its battery was dug into a high bluff, and it's a great place for kids and adults and World War II aficionados. Emerging from the battery, you'll find 25 miles of mixed-use walking and bike trails. The bluff trail overlooks Admiralty Inlet and offers peekaboo views of Port Wilson Lighthouse across the bay. Dug firs and hemlocks provide shade along forested trails sprinkled with pink big leaf rhododendrons when in season. One more thing. Fort EB sunsets are unbeatable on a clear evening. And you can harvest seaweed which is allowed on the beach between April 16th and May 15th. You just need to make sure you have a seaweed and shellfish license. This campground has 39 standard campsites 11 partial hookup sites with electricity and water. There is no trailer dump station available, and the campground is open March 1st through October 31st. When I have stayed at either Fort Eby or Fort Casey, I have found that the Deceptions Pass State Park is cool for me to show my receipt that I had been camping in a state park, and they'll often let me go in and use the dump at Deceptions Pass. That obviously only helps if you're doing this route going northbound instead of southbound. If you are traveling with a pup, and even if you're not, EB's Landing is nearby and there are some great trails there for walking along the bluffs and looking out at the Puget Sound. Depending on the time of year that you're going, you just may be able to witness an orca pod migrating, but no promises, but definitely bring your binos when you're on this walk. Fort Casey State Park. According to the State Park website, if you stand at the Admiralty Head Lighthouse 
or in a cliffside gun battery and scan the horizon, you can do it as the enlisted men must have done during World Wars One and Two. Fort Casey, Fort Warden, and Fort Flagler together were known as the Triangle of Fire, a trio of strategically placed fortifications that defended the entrance to the Puget Sound at the turn of the 20th century. Constructed in the late 1800s, Fort Casey was equipped for defense and used as a training facility up until the mid-1940s. The fort houses a pair of rare, 10-inch, disappearing guns. While the guns were the height of technology in the early 1900s, improvements in warships and the advent of airplanes soon rendered them obsolete. Two additional 3-inch mounted guns were also on display in their original emplacements. You can explore these batteries to your heart's content and my kids love to visit these. The park offers 22 standard campsites, 13 partial hookup sites with water and electricity, and the utility sites are 26 to 35, and they're located in the inner circle of the campground, and utility sites are 17 to 20, are beachfront pull-throughs. Maximum site length is 40 feet with limited availability. Campsites are located next to the Coopville Keystone Ferry Terminal. One thing to note, we have had pizza delivered to our campsite here before after we rolled in late on a Friday night. I unfortunately do not remember the name of the pizza joint, but I'm sure a Google search will yield the results. This campground can get pretty windy depending on the time of year, and there really is no cover for the campground. It's fun though as you can watch the Keystone to Port Townsend Ferry come and go as you essentially camp right there at the ferry terminal. Which means that if you wanted to do a day trip over to Port Townsend, leaving your RV at Fort Casey and then walking onto the ferry to go have a day and explore the town of Port Townsend is pretty easy and accessible to do. If you are walking on, you don't need any ferry reservations. Port Townsend is a fun seaport village worthy of a visit if you've never had the chance to experience it. There's fun shopping, there's a cool bookstore, and even a record store with a great selection of vinyl LPs for any record enthusiasts who are listening, like myself. The Port Townsend Brewery is kid-friendly, and they make some great beer as well. One other excursion to consider is to visit Greenbank in Friedland. There is a winery and a lunch spot that also has some great walking trails on its property, so you can take your pups or yourself on a good long walk, either pre or post meal and a glass of local wine. I've never towed into their parking lot with my RV, so you may want to do some research if you have a large motorhome or you're planning to be hooked up with your trailer, so just keep that in mind. South End The South End of Woodby Island is where we typically spend most of our time. There is a lot to see and do down here, and it puts you a little bit closer to Seattle. There are no state parks or campgrounds on the south end, but I'm sure there are harvest hosts or boondockers welcome places that you can stay at when you are visiting. The town of Langley is another one of those quaint villages with local shops that are fun to check out, from ice cream, books, coffee, and the village pizzeria. It can just make for a fun afternoon of kicking around. Plus, they have the Clyde Theater, which is a single movie house that has been there since 1937, so you can check to see what's playing and take in a movie with some delicious buttery popcorn. Just outside of Langley is Bayview Corner. During the summer months, they have a good farmer's market, as well as the Bayview Tap Room, which is one of my favorites. 
They have really good pub food and a dynamic rotating tap list that is definitely worthy of a stop. In the area, there is also Spoiled Dog Winery, which makes great wines and their tasting room is right on their farm. You can bring snacks or pick some up while you're there and of course be sure to taste their wine. They are a dog-friendly place and kids are welcome as well. This is one of our favorite places to visit when we are on an island and they will even do like, it's not quite really a growler fill, but they have um, wine bottles that are kind of like a Kolsch bottle with the swing top. And so you can get a bottle of wine filled and take it back to your campsite and enjoy it when you get back to your campsite. So that's just a fun little note too. If wine isn't your thing and you're more of a spirits person, then the Woodby Island Distillery just might be a great stop for you. They are known for their Loganberry liqueur, which is good, but their bourbon is one of my favorites. So you definitely want to check out the Bunker Rye and give it a taste if you're there. The Earth Sanctuary. Now this place I've not been to, but it looks cool. And if you're looking for a more kind of peaceful experience, this could be a great stop. According to the website, the Earth Sanctuary is a vision of its co-founder, Chuck Pettis, a longtime environmentalist. Chuck decided to take personal responsibility to enhance biodiversity and create sustainable society by creating the Earth Sanctuary. With a 500-year plan to restore the 72 acres to mature old-growth forests with a maximum diversity of birds, wildlife, plants, and fungi. It also has these really cool like stones kind of set up like Stonehenge. So just give it a search, check it out. Um, and then you can visit their site to learn more over at earthsanctuary.org. Getting there. The Washington State Ferry connects Muckleteo and Clinton, but the ferries in the summer can have long waits, especially during the summer month. This ferry route, you cannot make a reservation. But if you want more information about how to travel with an RV on Washington State Ferries, be sure to go back and listen to the pit stop in episode 4, as I interview my buddy David, who works for the Washington State Ferries, and he shares the 411 on what you need to know. The juxtaposition of the North End with its Navy base to the South End with its artsy community. There's just something on Woodby Island for everyone. An easy day drive from Seattle, or about an hour and a half from Bellingham near the Canadian border, Woodby Island is a picturesque place to visit and to take in all its culture and beauty. The summertime, as you can imagine, is when most people plan their visits. So if you're looking to book one of those state parks, you're going to want to jump on that as soon as the window opens for the dates you want to go. With that said, visiting Whidbey Island during the off-season or on the shoulder season is a more tranquil and calming experience. But of course, the weather here in the Pacific Northwest can be unpredictable and have an effect on your plans. I didn't even get a chance to cover the rich festival schedules. But you may want to go Google festivals on Woodby Island and time your visit with one of those festivals that is of interest to you and your family so you can enhance your visit. Either way, I would add Woodby Island to your travel destination list as there is just so much to see and do. Thank you so much for listening. To help the show grow, please share with your RVing friends and family about this podcast. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like me to discuss, please contact me at rvoutwest.com. In our next full episode in a couple of weeks, we chat with the good folks of Teardrop Trailer Atlas out of Bellingham. They primarily boondock around Washington State with their TAB trailer. We discuss how they got into RVing 
and they share some of their favorite places to camp. It's a great episode you won't want to miss. Now, get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon. Thanks so much for listening to RV Out West. Join us again in two weeks with our next episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you choose to get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And I sure would appreciate if you left a rating or a review of the show. Special thanks to Scott Holmes Music for providing the intro song, We Are One. RV Out West can be found on Instagram and Facebook where you can interact with us and follow along on our RV adventures around the Pacific Northwest. So get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon.